Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Truth and Tradition, or Truth versus Tradition. Um, today's topic that we're going to be discussing and talking about, um, actually, I jumped the gun. I'm your host, Joe Gorash. I am your co-host, Sergi. Sergi. Um, and uh, our topic that we're going to be talking about a bit is kind of like our our background a little bit to get you guys to kind of get to know us a bit more. Um, I, I don't know. There'll probably be some like funny stories in between too, but... Um, Very scary stories. Scary stories? Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but kind of like where we came from, who we are, um, that sort of thing. Um, and so I guess I'll go ahead and get started a little bit. Actually, for me, uh, my background is, uh, I mean, my parents came from Moldova. Um, and then I was born here, actually. Um, and I was I didn't do any, like, Sunday school or Saturday school or anything like that. But I started getting involved in church by going to Bible college. Bible school, not Bible college. I was about to um, say, that was a quick jump. Yeah, I know, right? I'm five years old in Bible college. Boom. <laughs> yeah, um, it was an exception. No. Um, yeah, Moldovians so did, learn quick. Yeah. I did uh, Bible school, and then uh, I started going to their, like, Thursdays, and then from there, um, I got involved with like video ministry in our church, and then from there, kind of like got pulled into youth ministry and started working in youth ministry. Got into um, doing Christmas play, which is a like kind of a ministry of its own. It's a lot of time to put, um, and so I was involved in youth ministry, um, children's ministry as well. Um, and so for me, my whole life, I've just been really involved a lot in in different ministries and being a part of all these different things. Um, and now I am mostly a part in our youth ministry. Um, I also do like video and photo production for um, other ministries as well um, outside of our own church. But that's kind of the background of me. We'll get more into like our childhood and stuff like that. But um, Serge, what's your sort of outline? Uh, so my um, my past, I, I grew up on the streets. Well, wow. it was all it was just. Uh, <laughs> But at this point, yeah, with how the world is going, um, I'm, I'm sad to hear that's how bad your bedroom was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're very poor. Asphalt. Yeah, <laughs> cardboard floor. box. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> I had two windows. One I made myself. Um, no, I um, we came from the from Ukraine when I was three. I was raised in the U.S., but there was ten of us in the family, large family. Parents had it really difficult in the sense that they worked a lot, three jobs each. Well, or it's two jobs, and they they ran a cleaning business or whatever, and. It was difficult because we didn't have, in the very beginning, it was very little attention from parents. It was more of my siblings raising us, the older, I'm number eight out of 10, so there's, I'm more the, I'm the younger side of the things. But as time went on, um, parents were very traditional, very traditional. So they, they raised us with, you know, every Saturday, every Sunday, we're at church, very, um, um, you know, stick to the old ways, you know, kasinki or the head coverings and, yeah. and, and dresses and, and girls, God forbid they wore pants or something. Over the years, parents became more understanding and things changed and it mm. got to the point where when I was growing up it was I was already going to Bible college but that was my personal my friend invited me and I stuck through Bible college nobody else had, through my family had gone through Bible college or anything now it's common for you to go through Bible college from our youth but before it was like oh this separate entity uh, but now it seems to be more common but I made that decision. My two younger sisters went after me as well. And uh, I start, we started, in a weird way, we started thinking for ourselves. And, and uh, a lot of arguments with parents because of the traditional views of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're more traditional, like I said earlier. So that was, uh, um, it was very, it was difficult. Not that my parents were mean or rude or anything. They were just very traditional. And getting out of that mindset was extremely difficult. I'm not saying they're wrong and I'm not saying they're right. It was just very traditional. 
um, yeah. which brought a lot of challenges. I mean, me growing up too is this kind of the same thing where it's like they're very traditional. But in in a way, my my point that I kind of came across to is that, like, because I held a lot of grudges, um, like especially like the way I was raised, because you kind of go through a lot of different phases and you kind of start blaming your parents, like this is why I'm this way or things like that. And I came to a realization at one point that them coming from the Soviet Union or that time period and then coming here, which is such a drastic difference, like how else would they have reacted? And like same thing, like my parents were working, like my my dad, um, one of his first jobs was literally like butchering chickens and like he didn't know any English and this was the only job that he could do that didn't require him knowing the language. So like, you know how to cut a chicken? Yeah, just same exact thing over and over. And my mom, I mean, I just remember how she would translate her, like, because she also didn't speak too well English, so she was taking nursing classes, and she would have one book of the nursing class and one book of, like, Russian to English, um, or English to Russian translating in the dictionary, you know, like, and, uh, like, just how hardworking my parents were. And, like, growing up, yeah, I didn't, we didn't have too much time with our parents. They were very busy. But then at the same time, they still made time for us. It's interesting because, you know, like, Sometimes I realize that, you know, you want to be right and you're just, or like you want to have somebody to blame. So like they never spent time with us. And then you're like, start remembering like, oh, but they did take us to Wild Waves. And yeah, yeah, they took us, yeah, my parents <laughs> took us around the U.S. And uh, oh, really? Yeah, they took us around wow. the U.S. I think twice, actually. Wow. So, I mean, the the, the, the history, like the actual, my our, our families, it sounds like, mm-hmm. I mean, our families, they were there for us. Our families yeah. were families. Yeah. It wasn't like we were backtrodden, you know, heathens. And, and no, we were, we were. Yeah, uh, we had families. Everything was okay on that front, but the traditional views or the tradition, the traditions mm-hmm. of Ru- you know Russian culture stuck to us because oh, at yeah. some point, because first and foremost we're believers, we're Christians, right? Amen. Yeah, and that's first and foremost. But the traditions of the culture of the Russian the Slavic culture followed us from the Soviet Union. And when I say us, I mean our, my parents, because I think I was I was born two years after it fell, or two years before it fell. But my parents grew up with it, the Soviet mindset. So it was very difficult um, battling with that. Toward the end of my parents' life, they finally let go the majority, or toward the end of my dad's life, he finally let go of a lot of that stuff. But my mom still holds on to some of it. And one of the tools they use, which you probably are very familiar with, was the fear-mongering. Mm-hmm. So fear-mongering where... They use fear as a tool to keep you in submission, which, honest truth, parents are doing whatever they can with what they have. It makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, I see my kids are very young. I'm not going to do that, but I see why they did it because my children, oh my goodness, they're a year and, and my oldest is a, two years and, and a couple of months and my youngest is um, four months old or whatever. But I can see why they use fear to put kids under control especially with 10 kids you can imagine you know there was one thing my dad used was you don't want to lose your blessing that was something he would put on repeat daily you know you don't want to ever lose your blessing yeah i don't know about your family i might but that was a big thing with mine as in to do what to like if you disrespect your parents you lose blessing Ah. or if you don't i mean and it's essentially they're going off of the bible verse where it's like honor your father and mother you know yeah you'll you'll be long lived on earth but that's that's Taken heavily out of context, heavily out of context. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, that's that's not we're so blessing. That's I mean, in a way, yes, there is some truth to that. But blessing. So if you honor your parents, right, and you mm-hmm. listen to your, it's not just simply yeah. honor. You don't. We don't. We honor God, but we don't listen to Him. That's not what it, you know. We never. We honor God by listening to Him. Yeah. Right? Sitting here, we listen to our parents, and you will be long lived on earth. Is not literally some magical hidden 
like blessings unfortunately in the Slavic culture, at least in the charismatic movement specifically. I, I guess it is a Slavic culture. Blessings are used as like um it's like that filler word used for anything that seems to be above and beyond, right? It's like, oh hey, um if you do this, you'll be blessed. Mm-hmm. Okay, well what's what's in that blessing? What's that package? What's what am I getting? What is that? Well, you'll be blessed. It's that filler word used to say that God will, you know what, the ball's in God's court. He'll take care of you. Just do what he said that benefits me, and then God will give you something in return. Um, blessing is just a filler word in all reality. The Bible has to prove it, right? The people say, you know, um, you know, the Bible says that, you know, uh, for example, in the Old Testament, Jeremiah is something. You know, my I have plans to prosper you, to take care of you and prosper you, whatever. That's referring to the Jews, Israel, right, and that were in captivity, we're not Jews that are in captivity. In fact, even the Jews in captivity couldn't benefit from it because it was that promise, that blessing that God had in store for them was after the fact. And he did prosper them through Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Through them came Christ. And they still denied him. So the reality is blessing is an empty word. Not fully, but in the regard that we use it today, it's kind of an empty word because we're not using it in its context as God has ordained it. We just use it as... You know, hey, Joey, if you listen to your parents, God will bless you. Well, you'll be long-lived on earth implies that if you listen to your parents, they've gone through troubles and, and issues with kids and so on, and, and whatever it is in life. Their wisdom they can impart to you if you listen to them will help you get out of trouble and avoid problems. If you listen to them, if you honor them, you listen to them, that doesn't mean God's going to magically extend your life. No, that just means that you will more likely to survive longer than somebody else down the street. There's no mysticism here. Hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I mean, and essentially, if you think about it, just how, like, in the practical terms, like, your parents are looking out for you, so they're going to be like, don't smoke, don't drink, don't do these things, and if you don't do those things, then you truly will live longer, because (laughs) you're not going to have bad lungs or, you know, like a ruined liver and things like that. Well, it's it's hard to verify. Yeah, it's very hard to verify, because in a practical sense, you're right, you know, from from a practical sense, yes. But it's hard to verify because there's no way for you to reference back and say, hey, wait a second. Now, let me see how long I would have lived if I had done bad thing. You know, there's no yeah, way to check up. that, right? Because there are people who do live, like, you know, for instance, it's not a solid truth because some people, they die young and yet they are believers. So it's like, does, yeah. does that contradict it? No. No, no but, it, yeah, it, it so. happens. We live in a fallen yeah. world. And back to, you know, back to the original sin, the doctrine of original sin. But here's the funny part. Say... <laughs> I love this example or the way people look at this. People live how they want. Mm-hmm. They don't listen to their parents or they don't listen to wisdom given to them, right? Does that mean, let's just say, if my parents are bad examples to me, I listen to them and I honor them, I'll live long on earth, right? The Bible says I will, mm-hmm. but what if they are not, what if they're not good parents, right? They're, yeah. they're bad, they're not unhealthy, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, the Bible is very clear that no parent, mm-hmm. being in their right mind at least, no parent... If you ask him for food, we'll give you a scorpion and, yeah. and, and whatever. Those, those are verses. It's referring to, especially your heavenly father. But the implication is parents don't mean bad for their kids. Now, if parents do mean bad for their kids, that verse doesn't apply to them. It's not, that's not, it's not referring to them. It's talking to normal parents. Mm-hmm. Honor your parents, right? And if your parents wish good for you, then you'll be fine. But if your parents are bad examples, they're eating unhealthy, whatever it is. For example, mm-hmm. chances are if you're sitting there eating unhealthy as well, and all of a sudden you get sick and you say, God, why didn't you, you know, you, why God, I'm sick. Yeah. Well, you're sick because of your own choices, right? There is some wisdom behind this too. Yeah. That doesn't mean like, God, like imagine if God had to like elaborate every verse down to the detail. Like, well, if you have parents A, B, and C down to G, 
No. Yeah. It's got to use common sense too. Yeah, you have to use some common sense as well. I'm not undermining scripture. I'm not lowering scripture. I'm just explaining that there are parts of scripture that we 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 make them into this ecstatic verse, and we create these traditions that are unnecessary. I call them traditions because it's been so ingrained into our society, like the blessing. Uh, you know, God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you. God will only bless you if He said He'll bless you. Why do we put God's words in God's mouth that He did not say? So I'm sure you, you're going to hear a whole spiel of it once you get to the stage where you're actually going to get married, for example. You're going to hear a whole thing on it. But nothing outside of Scripture, or God will not do anything outside of Scripture. God will never deny Himself. He will never contradict His own word. So if He promises to bless you, He'll bless you. If He does not promise to bless you, He will not bless you. And since we know He does not talk outside of Scripture today, we live in the age of Scripture. If He if He doesn't speak outside of Scripture, then you know that if you fall back on His word, you know you're in the good place. You're in a good place. And then you start studying Scripture and you realize all this over-fantasizing of the words of blessings and so on, they have no ground. Yeah, well. It's, it's, it's basically kind of one of those things where uh, there's, I mean, there's like a limitless amount of examples that if we just simply take it to this logical conclusion, we bump into like roadblocks. I, I love to like, if you ever bump into a tradition in your own life that you realize that this does, this has no biblical foundation if you actually go through scripture and you take it to this logical conclusion, it contradicts itself, you know? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's true, yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, wow. but that, I mean, that's a, that's a small example. Blessings yeah. is a small, there's, I mean, there's tons of other things that we bumped into. Yeah. Um, one thing, if you if you go against the church, have you ever bumped into that one? If you go, or or if you say, I guess go against the church is is uh, when I say church, I mean just a building. But let's just say uh, if you go, if you say something bad about about a pastor, mm-hmm. have you ever bumped into that one? No. If you speak anything bad against a pastor, God, you know you'll be cursed or something, or you don't want to go against God or something. Really? Yeah. So it's oh it's like they say this. Oh yeah yeah I've I've heard so there was an incident where I was in teenagers and I was a young rebel. Mm-hmm. I was a bad boy. That came out weird. Um, I shouldn't have said that slow. That was kind of strange. But like I was, uh, I was in teenagers. It was why. I mean, I was like thirteen or something, and I was working with this guy. Mm-hmm. He's not in our church anymore. But I was working with this guy who was teaching me how to use the equipment and all this stuff. And I was doing audio ministry basically, and the guy in charge of it of teenagers at the time. He was doing his job. He was doing whatever is necessary for for teenagers. But I felt like, or at least. The guy I was working with, we felt like we knew better in a sense. So he he was like eighteen, and I was like thirteen or whatever it was. Um, so I mean, I don't remember. And I remember going to my dad and talking about like, oh yeah, this guy's making all these strange decisions. If only he wasn't in leadership, things would be different in a sense. And I have no idea where I got this from. I just I had no life experience. I had no idea what I was talking about, especially in ministry. I was just kind of following the lead of this other guy, and he had no life experience too. And I remember my dad saying, hey. Don't ever go against ministers because God put them there and so on and so on. And I remember like, oh, like what am I doing? And I kind of like backed up a little bit. But now thinking back, <clears throat> I'm not saying I was right in any way, shape, or the form. I was wrong 100%. I'm not even going to correct myself in that sense. I was wrong 100%. However, does that mean that person in, in ministry is infallible? They can't They can't make mistakes or anything. No, of course they can. Oh, they can, they can easily make mistakes. In fact, did God ordain them to be there? If he's allowed it, technically, yeah. Yeah, that's actually, uh, in, to some degree, yes. Yeah. However, does that mean he has a specific, God has put him there, and therefore if he challenged God's decision, you're wrong. If you, wait, if you or he challenges. No, if I challenge him, for example, this minister or whoever. You oh, know, that doesn't, no, that doesn't mean you're wrong. Yeah, so that, that's my point is where, obviously God is in control of all things, right? Yeah. All things have happened, and God knows of all things, but, and he allowed 
he allows things to happen. And sometimes he actually is the one doing certain things. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he's doing all things. But the point, my point is, if you were to challenge a minister, if they are wrong, are you wrong automatically? No. Of course not. You're not, because, I mean, they could be wrong. They're human. They're not. Yeah, like some, some false teachers always say, do not touch God's anointed, you know? There's a Benny Hinn had this thing. I don't know if you ever heard of Benny Hinn. The guy who has a white jacket that shakes his jacket and yeah, people just fall over. Throw, oh. Yeah, he throws his jacket. I've I actually watched. What he put, does he put like rocks to knock people out in his jacket pockets? <laughs> yeah, he has like a little. Uh, <laughs> you just hear like, ding, ding, yeah, ding, every time. Just people just knocked out on the ground, <laughs> drooling. No, it was. Um, I was watching a video where he did that on stage, turned around and kind of swung, flung his jacket to the ministers or whatever, and they apparently like all fell over. And there's an older gentleman. Mm-hmm. He's obviously like in his late 80s, probably. He was sitting on the chair, and the guy next to him like. Like, because the guy's not going to fall on the ground. He's in his 80s. I mean, come on. And so the guy next to him, I was kind of looking in the corner of the camera, like reached around and grabbed him by the shoulder, and he himself fell over, but he kind of like pushed the old guy over, and the old guy kind of like leans over and like looks at the camera as the camera's panning. and kind of like has this weird face, like, he's like smiling awkwardly, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I remember saying, I'm like, uh, it's kind of funny, you know? Yeah. But stuff like that, I mean. That's maybe, also like a... It's really, I mean, that's, that's, that's just, that's something complete. Yeah. It's a, yeah. But, but Benny Hinn preaches that if you touch God's anointed, you will be cursed or whatever. What? So his wife touches God's anointed. So is she cursed? I mean, technically, technically anyone who touched Benny Hinn has touched God's anointed. But the the point is, you know, do not See, put your hands or do yeah. not do anything. Okay, wrong. Yeah. yeah. But the, the funny thing is do not touch God's anointed was actually in, in context meant physical harm. Uh-huh. No one's chasing Benny Hinn with a sword. But, okay, but if we look back, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could... Because nah, remember David, were... David and Saul. Remember David and Saul? Yeah. I would not touch God's anointed because yeah. remember he cut a piece of his garment yeah. when he was really But that was him. according to himself. He wasn't... <laughs> yeah, he, even, even though God had just... given him in his hand, funny yeah. enough, right? David still had shown... He had shown how his reverence to God by saying... Even though Saul is not in a good place, right? Saul has stood against God, like he told Samuel, the Lord your God. So mm-hmm. he obviously already denied Yahweh. Yeah. But the point was, David said, he was showing his faithfulness to Yahweh by saying, I would not lay my hand against, even though you were past tense, God's anointed. At some point you were, God had made that decision. Because God had made that, God had made that decision, I will not touch you. Even though you were already fallen. Make sense? So, so, I like how you're enjoying this topic. So, um, Benny Hinn, we use that reference, we're not chasing with a sword. Yeah. At least not yet. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's kind of um, growing up, I remember when I brought it up to my dad, the way he was like, so like, you know, don't. Not that this minister was doing anything wrong, but it's just kind of like, that kind of burnt into my brain. So like, whenever you say anything bad about a minister, you go, oh, back up. But you, But if they're wrong, if they're incorrect, False teachers need to be called out. Apostle Paul called out false teachers by name multiple oh, times yeah. in the New I Testament. Mean, he even called out Peter. Yeah, you go. Yo, yeah, why exactly. are you eating with the Jews? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah like well, why'd you back away from the Gentiles? <laughs> you <laughs> sinner! <laughs> like straight up. And this is to someone that's like, literally, like Peter walked with Christ. Literally, Paul didn't, and yet Paul's calling out Peter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, actually, Paul did. There's yeah. actually. Um, and Paul alludes to the fact that he went to the Aramaic or um, the that, Arabian desert, and he was ministered. Uh, Christ ministered to him. Remember, Apostle Paul had to receive his knowledge from something, from somewhere. Christ. But it was for three years, right? Yeah, it was like for, yeah. for three so years. He, in the desert. So was, he was being was ministered getting, to yeah. directly from Christ. That's the implication we're getting from that. Whoa. 
And in fact, actually, if you look at history between like verse 7, chapter 7, verse 21 or 22, verse again, verse 23, there's actually a 10-year gap. So when it says Paul went down or went up to Jerusalem because it was on a hill, he went up to Jerusalem, there was actually a 10-year gap there between those two verses or something like that. And within that time, he was in the Arabic, Arabic desert. So, wow. yeah, so Apostle Paul was ministered to by Christ, but I know what you mean. So, or I see what you mean. Peter was chilling with the Gentiles, right? Yeah. Eating food energy drinks or whatever. And then Paul was there. The Jews roll up, right? Them Jews, they roll up. And then Peter turns around and starts chilling with the Jews. Yeah. And you have to understand the history. There's actually a huge history to that. Peter was actually responding naturally because it was normal to them. Natural tendency, yeah. It was just just kind of built in. It's like we Slavic people when somebody else comes comes to our church that's not Russian. I'm kidding. Just rolls in like you're not kidding. You're serious. That's literally what there, there is a piece of truth there because <laughs> yeah. we had two American dudes roll into our church for some reason. They had tattoos and everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was sitting outside of our church and there were these young guys, and we were all kids. But one of the guys literally says, "Hey, let's go give them a Slavic welcome or something." And I'm thinking, "Well, first off, those guys are like six five, and you're like <laughs> you're like four three. You know, <laughs> this guy would pummel you. <laughs> Second, and there's two of them. Second, what type of greeting is that?" Yeah, Slavic. I mean, what is it in a Slavic? Do you mean? I don't know. I mean, just Svidania. That means goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that means goodbye and close the door. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was so nice. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, so that being said, Peter turns around, does Svidania, and she's chilling with the, the yeah. Jews now, out of the blue, and Paul's like, "Yo, you hypocrite!" Yeah, he whips out the apostolic <laughs> discipline. And, and some spoon. would say, "Oh." Paul, you didn't. You didn't have to go to that extreme, you know. You didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, you could have just walked up to him, and be like, "Hey, peeps, hey, peeps, peeps. bro, come on." Peeps. Let's go talk. Peeps. He's got a twitch in the neck. <laughs> oh. hey, Peter, peeps. let's go talk. And just slaps him really loud, but like, no, he just pulls him to the yeah. And they would say that, but do not hit God's anointed. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, do, <laughs> do not touch God's anointed. <laughs> Peter whips that one out. But 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 sorry, me 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 and Serge are a bit jokesters, but. Yeah, we're no, also we, we're also very depressed. No, I'm yeah, kidding. we are. This is why we this is why we joke. Yes. Anyway, um, that's what we done. Yeah. But but anyway, he um, there's actually a whole story to that. But there is. Yeah. But but Paul called them out. In fact, he called yeah. out like a couple of guys. He called out like uh, something something the coppersmith, Alexander the coppersmith, or whatever. He called. I mean, actually, no, that guy was chasing him out. That's different. But there's a bunch of false teachers. He called out, and and rightly so. My point is. When we bump into these traditions, not yet, a tradition is a bad word at this point, just habits, I guess, cultural habits. Mm-hmm. The question is, do we correct ourselves? Like, if what if we have habits, right? Or what if we have these traditions that, we, that we've received from our parents mm-hmm. that are not biblical or they don't have a, any solid grounding? What do we do with them? Can you restate that? <laughs> Man, we're so professional. Uh, I'm sorry. I... So I just sent a video to a client, and they just responded, and um, yeah. So I got distracted. Since since it happened during the podcast, I get a cut of the money. <laughs> Yo, no, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, okay, no, no, okay, no. cool. I cut of what money? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever money you made a deal or whatever. No, I just sent them their their wedding video. So yeah, that's good. That's anyway, good. I'm so talking about I'm talking about biblical things, and you're talking about what I mean. So professional. Forgive me. Um, oh man, the, Is the music going? playing again? No, no, no. That, that's just somebody honking the horn, I think. But um, that being said, 
So yeah, the, I mean, we grew up with these type of things, and and it's been uh, it's been a, a wild ride getting rid of them. Because in all reality, I mean, if if they if they have so little to do with our salvation, or if they have virtually nothing to do with our salvation, we should question them and look into them. In mm-hmm. fact, I feel like if even if they do have some to do with our salvation, we still still should look into it. But you know, just going off the idea that our parents taught us this, therefore it must be correct, is a very bad idea. Yeah, you know, it's funny. One thing people never talk about. When uh, when there was persecution with the Christians mm-hmm. during World War II and stuff like that, where Stalin put out Christians and everything, you know, Muslims were also persecuted too. Really? Anyone who, yeah, it wasn't just Christians. Not only Christians are persecuted, Muslims and, and, and Hindus and so on. We know, we believe, we have faith that in our, our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. They have a really twisted version of Christ. They call him Isa. Are they saved? Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Ecumenical church here has no gra- no foundation. I'm sorry, ecumenia does not work here. The idea that everyone is in a combined, as long as they believe in some form of right, God. Like the Pope, always, right? Well, Isn't that what the Pope is saying or something? Well, he's like probably saying it now to attract more people. Yeah, trying to get but, people. But and... people like Billy Graham taught this. Billy Graham taught ecumenia. No way. I'm dead serious. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> in fact, uh, good pastors now are saying that that ecumenical teachings are literally the, do- the doctrines of demons. I'm dead serious. Ecumenia is is the ecumenical church. It's a combined church where we have Catholicism, we have Islam, we have Hinduism. It's a combined, you know, coexist. Yeah. Ecumenia. That's what it is. It's coexi- coexisting with fellow believers of any types. Even atheists have space in there, which is kind of ironic. Mm, but they don't, strange. wow. I mean, they believe in no belief, I guess. Atheism, which means non-theism. But anyway, the concept is, is so far from Yeah, but Billy Graham taught at the end of his life. He might have taught good things in the beginning. Oh, at the end of his life? At the end of his life, yeah. Oh, he he a preached at eight. Finish off. Exactly. And what does Apostle Paul say about oh, it? Man. It's how you finish. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty sad. Uh, oh, there's been some man. really good teachers that came out and said, yeah, Billy Graham taught the doctrine of demons at the end of his life. Yeah, pretty sad, isn't it's it? It's like after, man. Like, you know, yeah, Paul literally talks about finishing like the fight. It yeah, doesn't fin- matter. Finishing the race. Like, it doesn't yeah, matter. I fought the good fight, right? Man. There's a reason why he said that. There's there's importance behind that. So we have to be extremely careful. We really do. And so we have to, we have to make sure that we're, um, yeah. So, I mean... Every tradition we bump into, the point of this this podcast specifically was every tradition we bump into, we have to check it out. Yeah. Every every like not tradition, but every cultural habit of ours, we have to check it out. Yeah. And if it's something simple like, you know, uh praying for children when they're a young age like in front of church, that's not a, that's not a bad thing. Head coverings it has no space in the church. In fact, it's a topic we're gonna have too. Um yeah. it has no space in the I mean, church. As in why? like it's like a very t- small like traditional thing. And then it's traditional and in fact there's there's a there's there's actually some some biblical precedence to it, but mm-hmm. we'll cover that as well. There's yeah. a, it's actually a much bigger story. In fact it's a yeah. very interesting topic. A lot of history. So basically you'll be probably be sleeping through the whole thing, <laughs> knowing you. But um, no, 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 you just have a rock star. I, I had to, <laughs> but yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully that may, this makes a little bit of sense on where we're coming from and yeah. what we're talking about. Just kind of get a little bit deeper of a dive in a sense of what, what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And we we both necessarily come from the same background, yeah. essentially. And I mean, we've known each other since when? I mean, I think you knew my brother first, Elijah. Yeah, Eli. Um, I mean, I've, I mean, you're Moldovian. Yeah. I'm beautiful. I mean, we have. Yeah, we both have not the same background. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, so I mean, I grew up being called Moldovan, you know, kind of like the bad, uh, 
the bad rush version. of yeah of like, the, the funny version yeah like how like, many Moldavians that take a screen of light bulb they're like they're like how many I don't know I'm asking you you're, oh. the, you're the expert <laughs> I mean I've done it by myself before I can prove it to you oh right so now. it's one yeah wow that was just one what does it take half of a Bulgarian <sighs> no, no 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 it takes five once it's on the chair four take each leg and they're spinning <laughs> you don't Dang. need those, you, you don't need those teeth <laughs> apparently not well I guess that concludes that's this, funny this kind what of, is spinning this, that concludes uh, this episode I gotta take I gotta take Joey to the ER yeah no we're gonna um that camera should still be running, but um, yeah. So, guys, this is the conclusion for um, our episode here, and um, I hope you guys learned something about us. Um, and we want to continue to talk a bit about ourselves and um, kind of like our background a bit because tradition, or like tradition versus like truth versus tradition, um, it's really. Traditions also where we've come from, our background. Yeah, and majority so, of it is tradition. Very yeah. little truth. Yeah. I mean, truth in the sense that there's very little uh, actual doctrinal teaching. Yeah. Very little explained truth, and so much tradition. That's don't worry about it. Just go to church. Don't worry yeah. about it. Just let, we have to make sure we're there every Saturday. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Instead of saying, okay, this is the gospel message. This is why we're saved. Yeah. And we both grew up kind of confused, as in like, on on some things. It's like, wait, but like why? You know. So it's like, yeah, always being told what, but never why. Exactly. So, exactly. But um but yeah. But yeah. So thank you guys once again for listening and um we should memorize this by now. But we should, we should. It's your fault. It's uh two hundred dollar Bible Dude, and you're oh. abusing it. How is I'm trying to open And uh we always close with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. Amen.